Welcome back to the Power Plant, home of the Power Narrative Podcast. I am your host, B. Green, a.k.a. Belief Narrative, empowering you through awareness, inspiration, and motivation through the power of story. Just want to continue to thank the power plugs all around the globe who are tuning in. Please continue to do the right thing by the podcast if you like it. Continue to share it, download, like, subscribe, comment, so that, again, the brother Al, last name Go Rhythm, can keep this podcast pushed out to more and more people. Today, we close the Clone Wars series with Volume 2, Chapter 10, Origins, Attack of the Clones. So there you are, focused, positive, moving in the right direction on track, and all of a sudden, boop, 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 here they come. The clones. They converge and they attack. And they attempt to pull you down. They attempt to drag you back to where you were. They attempt to get you off track and to keep you off track. They attempt to cause reasonable doubt within yourself to get you to throw out your conviction for the future. And the issue is, They all seem to be you, but are they? We've been discussing the clones that we create, why we create them, and the fact that they hold the truest version of ourselves hostage. We'll be continuing this discussion with a startling yet eye-opening discovery. Now this piece of the puzzle enabled me to put together concepts, multiple concepts actually, that over the years I thought were unassociated. Let's plug in. Now I was meditating in my closet and all of a sudden I felt the urge to turn around and look behind me at all the clothes that were hanging up. I started to ask myself questions to figure out the significance of what it was that I was looking at. Now, all these clothes had patterns, and it's the patterns that actually attract us to them. Now, every stitch of clothing in that closet had been designed, and everything designed had a designer, and that designer intentionally made each article to attract and fit a specific person of a specific size for a specific reason and for a specific season. Be that a wedding dress, a swimsuit, or a heavy winter parka. Now, although I may be in possession of this article, at one time it was not mine, nor did it originate from me. If I wanted to know where it originated from, all I had to do is look at the label. And there's a wealth of information in it, including a list of instructions on how to care for that article properly. As I continued to look at the clothing, another very interesting fact came up. Everything present was either purchased, given, or acquired from somewhere and from someone else. 
I used to think that all my thoughts were my own. So much so that I at one time believed that I was my thoughts. This isn't true. And then the words negative holding patterns came to mind. Make sure you watch uh, chapter six, the bigger picture. And then the words from the great Erica Badu came to mind. Bag lady, you gonna miss your bus. You can't hurry up cause you got too much stuff. So if this is true about the clothes, was it not also true about my thoughts? So where in the world did all this stuff in my mind originate from? So let's break down this first piece of the puzzle properly. And in doing so, all the other ones will fit together perfectly. One, we are not our thoughts. Two, it is a good possibility that the majority of the things in your mind didn't come from you. They were either something you bought into, something you were given, or something that you required. Now that doesn't necessarily make them negative. It just means that you have to be aware from whence they came. Just be aware of their origin stories and if they truly belong to you, meaning are they a part of who you are becoming. So to flesh out the other concepts, the other pieces of the puzzle, we'll do it through the origin story of how this company came to be. Belief Enterprises was once Belief Entertainment before I knew what it really was. And this is the story about how Belief Entertainment was born. So a couple of years out of high school, uh, my brother and I were having what I would call our mischief meetings, where we would admit to each other the things that we were afraid or ashamed to tell anyone else before those things came to light. Now he said something very profound, so much so that even in the midst of my situation, I was like, ooh, I'm gonna hang on to that one. And what he said was, this situation that I'm in right now, is all due to the fact that I entertained a thought. Now I held on to this thing for quite some time as you're about to see. Now for me, the greatest or the most monumental events were born out of adversity. So pretty much on my 40th birthday, I received confirmation of a very detrimental suspicion that I feared. And now that I knew that it was true, there was no longer any need to fear it. Now pay attention, this is not a poor me sob story in the least. This would be the beginning of my journey inward because at that point I knew that there was nothing that I could do about my outward situation. It caused me to, or rather acknowledge the truth, which had always been the truth, that the only thing that I could control was what was going on with me on the inside. So I'm sitting there in the midst of my struggles and then the memory pops up of the night me and my brother had this conversation and I, since I had time to figure me out, I thought I would put this theory to the test. Now I was in the middle of this situation and according to the theory, it all started with 
me entertaining a thought or an idea. And when I think about it, the idea really wasn't even mine. It was a suggestion that caught me right at the wrong moment. A moment where I should have taken the time to face my current situation, but instead I chose a different route to take my mind off the pain, you know, a form of escapism. So by escaping the issue, it was no longer in the forefront of my mind. It wasn't my focus, but it was still lingering in the back of my mind. And let's formulate what this looked like. So I was attracted to this thought or this idea, and I wasn't aware that this thought had a pattern and the pattern had a design and the design was made by a designer. And for the first time I looked at the label and I saw that I had followed the instruction to a T on how to care for it, even though it was not healthy. You have to look at the spirit behind the design. Who is the designer? And you'll know by the characteristics if this spirit is one of health or one of an unhealthy nature. Let's be clear. This one was an unhealthy one. It was a far-fetched idea, like something outside of my norm, a, a challenge. And that's what made this idea so attractive to me. I invited this idea in and sat down with it and entertained it and had in-depth conversations with it. And the longer that I entertained it, the more I didn't want that idea to leave so much so that when the conversation should have been over, I kept it and I claimed this idea as my own. I poured effort and intention into it and I gave it life when I acted on the impulse. And then it hit me. I have been very successful in some unsuccessful ventures. And so if I could pull off a feat like this, which should have never worked in the first place in the negative, what would happen if instead of entertaining foolishness, I started to entertain belief? What if I invited the right things into my life? Things that were far-fetched, that were outside of my norm beyond my current set of limitations? What if I sat down with belief and had in-depth conversations with it and the longer I entertained it, the less I wanted it to leave when doubt would tell me the conversation should be over? What if I poured effort and intention into this idea and gave it power and gave it life? And I put the formula to the test and found out that it was more than a theory. It was a universal principle. The issue is if you don't want interference, you have to look in the closet of your mind and find out what else is in there. You have to examine the stuff that's in there. Look at the labels and see if it's really yours or if it's something that really doesn't belong or something that doesn't fit who it is that you're becoming. If not, ask the question, why do I still have this? Because having it empowers the clones to put it on and attack you because you still own it. 
So there's an old proverb in the scriptures and it says the father eats sour grapes and the children's teeth are set on edge. This is to say that whatever the father does, his children are doomed to repeat those same things and suffer the consequences thereof. This is the origin story of the clones where we repeat the same things pre-programmed into us by those that came before us. In the scriptures, it says no longer should this proverb be true. In other words, it does not have to be so. Just because if your parents were scoundrels, that doesn't mean that you have to be a scoundrel. And to the same token, on the other side of the coin, if your parents walked in the paths of righteousness, that also doesn't mean that you have to walk in those same paths. We are not destined to repeat these things, although it would be easier to because we soak up what we're exposed to. And it's easier to walk in paths that have already been forged. But you have to look at where these paths lead and ask yourself, is this really where I want to go? So the challenge question is this. Do you know where what it is that you have came from? Do you know its origin story? And if it doesn't belong to you, the you that you're becoming, do you have the courage to get rid of it? To change the narrative in your life, take the next step. Invest in yourself and book a life strategy coaching session with me at www.beliefinteriordesign.com. Let's start the journey of making belief reality.